Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. I want you to think about this. How would you answer the question, where are you from? Someone asks you, where are you from? What would you say? What do you normally say? Where are you from? Well, think about this question, where is Jesus from? Right? Just where did Jesus come from? Did He really come from Bethlehem? Did He come from Galilee? Did He come from heaven? Just where did Jesus come from? What Christmas is, is Christmas is the true story of where Jesus came from. Maybe we can think about this question, who does Jesus claim to be? I think you're going to see today in the Gospel of John, Jesus claims to be the sent one. He claims to be the sent son. Now, you know we have the synoptic Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke written around the same time, and they pretty much say similar things and are are in agreement in many ways. And, And John's not in disagreement. John's just written later, but John is so unique from the other Gospels. He, he writes a, a bit later and he gets a totally different perspective and portrait of, of Jesus as they all are unique in their own way. I love the Gospel of John. You could make it a Bible study. Go through the Gospel of John and look for the seven signs of Jesus. He's going to give seven major what he calls signs. That, that word is unique, unique to him. He doesn't necessarily use the word miracles. He calls them signs. We, we talked about those signs. So go through the Gospel of John and you're going to see signs, signs, signs. You can also go through the Gospel of John and you can see I am statements. He'll make the, the bold I am statements. There are seven specific ones, but really there's, there's more than that. So you'll notice that in the Gospel of John. One of the things that I began to notice in the Gospel of John is that word sent. Sent. If you just do a keyword study, you're going to find that that word sent occurs so often in the Gospel of John. Why? There's a reason. And I want you to see the the reason today. Jesus Christ makes a bold claim. He claims to be the sent Son. As we open to John chapter 7, there are two main debates that are going to take place and one main declaration that forces a decision. Did you get that? Two main debates right? that will take place. There's one declaration, and when Christ makes the declaration, it always forces a decision. So we're going to read the passage and I know all the seminary professors would be cringing for us to you know, read this much in a sermon. You're supposed to you know, use smaller portions, but we're about to read almost the whole chapter. But we can do it, right? To the glory of God, we've got to get this setting. Just a small part that we'll skip. But uh, I want you to, to get the scene of everything that's happening in the life of Jesus. John 7, 1. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Judeans were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' Feast of Booths, or Feast of Tabernacles, was at hand. This is where they lived in little sticks for a week, and huts and booths, and they would want to uh, remember their their exodus and just how God had delivered them and done other great things, and and, um, they would celebrate. The Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. So his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works that you're doing. 
For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. You go up to the feast. I am not yet, that's implied in the Greek, I'm not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying this, he remained in Galilee. But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, he also went up, but not publicly, but in private, privately. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people, murmuring. While some said, He's a good man. Others said, No, he's leading the people astray, deceiver. Yet for fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly, publicly about him. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he's never studied? So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but His who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of Him who sent him is true. And in Him there is no falsehood. Jump down to verse 25. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? And here he is, speaking openly, and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ, the Messiah? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So Jesus proclaimed as He taught in the temple, You know Me, and you know where I come from. But I have not come of My own accord. He who sent Me is true, and Him you do not know. I know Him, for I come from Him, and He sent Me. So they were seeking to arrest Him, but no one laid a hand on Him because His hour, that hour, had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in Him. They said, when the Messiah, when the Christ comes, will He do more signs than this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering, murmuring these things about Him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest Him. Jesus then said, I'll be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to Him who sent me. You'll seek me, and you'll not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion, the diaspora, uh, the Jews that had gone away and among the Greeks? And does he plan to teach the Gentiles and the Greeks? What does he mean by saying, You'll seek me and you'll not find me? Where I am, you cannot come. On the last day of the feast, it was a week. It was a week long. Uh, all Jews were required by law to go. Amazing water ritual that ties in. We don't have time for that. Uh, amazing light uh, shows and other things that would take place. It was a great time. It was the last day. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this He said about the Spirit, 
whom those who believed in Him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, This really is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him in? The officers answered, No one's ever spoken like this man. The Pharisees answered him, uh, answered them, Have you been deceived? Have any of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law, the people of the land, that's what the Pharisees call them, the derogatory to their people of the land. Don't, don't talk to them, don't buy from them. They, treat, they really look down on them. Like, look, wait, nobody's trusted in this guy. Nobody that's anybody, right? It's a person of the law, a Pharisee, right? Has any of them believed in him? No. But this crowd that does not know the law is a curse. Verse 50, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, right, at night, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. If they had searched, they would have found that probably Jonah and probably some of the others actually came from that. But this is their view. This is their view. I want us to go back through this. I want us to see the two debates and the declaration and the decision. First, I want us to see this. The debate over who Jesus was. Don't you see that happening in this chapter? There's always a debate about who is Jesus, right? Where is He from and what's He like? What's His true identity? There was first this, this debate over who Jesus was. And here we see, as we often see in passage, there are just mixed responses, aren't there? Some receive Christ. Yes, He is the Messiah, Jesus. And some reject Christ. No, He cannot be that. He, he cannot be. Today, right, they still have to either receive Jesus as Lord and Savior or they reject Him. This Christmas, they're either going to receive the true message or they're going to reject the message. There is this debate over just who Jesus was. Some believe, some don't believe. It was back then, just as it is today. But I want you first to notice two groups' response to Jesus. The first is found in verse 1 of chapter 7. The Jewish religious leaders had a response to Jesus, and it was this. The Jewish religious leaders wanted to kill and eliminate Jesus. Verse 1, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He's not in Jerusalem. Why? He would not go about in Judea. Why? Because the Jews, the Judeans, were seeking to kill Him. By this time, that group has already made their response. They've already said, we reject Jesus as the Christ, and their response was this, we've got to eliminate Him. We need to kill him, take him out. This is the plan. And so Jesus is not going into Jerusalem. He even tells his brothers, you go, it's not my time yet. Right? I'm not going to go publicly and with you. I'll go in my own time. But, but they're seeking to kill me, to eliminate me. Number two, the second group is his brothers. You see that in verses 3 through 5. The brothers didn't want to kill or eliminate Jesus. They just wanted to tease Him. They wanted to mock Him. The Bible tells us that they didn't believe His claims. Look at verses 3 through 5. So His brothers said to Him, Leave here. Go to Judea, 
so that your disciples may see the works that you're doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. If then, why not? But then John tells us, verse 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. Now we know later on, James would. Right? We know later on, Jude would. We have their books of the Bible. But at this point, they don't want to kill him like the, like the Pharisees. They just want to say, prove it, right? I mean, if, you, if you're claiming this or if you're doing these things, then show the world, right? But Jesus didn't want to show and prove, right? In that way, he had a proper time. He had a proper method. Those were the two groups' responses, right? But we would still say today, everybody still has to make that response, don't they? Right? If you're a religious leader or if you're a brother or a sister or whatever, right, you still have to say, am I going to receive Jesus or am I going to reject Jesus? As we went through this text, did you see all the different views about Jesus? What are there, like seven of them? Who is Jesus? The different views. Number one, some people said Jesus was a good man. Look at verse 12. And there was much muttering. In the Greek, do, what do you call it? Onomatopoeia? Is that the word that sounds like whatever, it, like murmuring, gurgling? That's how it is in the Greek. It's like a word. There was a lot of murmuring about Jesus. A lot of muttering and murmuring. In verse 12, he says this. Some people were saying, he's a good man. He's a good man. He's a good man. You know, I think it was C.S. Lewis and some others. I said, either Jesus is God or he's not a good man. He can't be a good man and God. He can't be a good man and make all those claims. That wouldn't make him a good man. He'd be going against all of the... He, could, he can't be just a good man. He can either be a good man or he can be a God man. But if he's a God man, right, then that changes. But you can't... He's not... He's, if, he's, if he's not God, he really wasn't good. Right? He, was, he was making claims that you can't just say, well, he was a good he, he would have been a crazy man. He would have been a blasphemous man if, he, if he's not God. You see what, what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm wording that right. You can read C.S. Lewis much better than me. View number one is this. He's a good man. He's a good man. I think he's good. View number two is in verse 12. Some people were saying he's a deceiver. Others said, no, he's leading the people astray. He's tricking us. He's deceiving us. View number three, found in verse 15. The Jews, therefore, marveled when he starts to teach in the temple. How is it that this man has learning because he, he knows letters he's, when he's never studied? But what they're marveling at is this third view. They think, this guy's got wisdom. He teaches with authority. I don't teach with authority. I teach from authority. Right? I teach from the authorities. I say, C.S. Lewis, or I say, thus saith the Lord. I don't teach with authority. I teach from authority. But when Jesus teaches, he teaches with authority. And they're all going, wow, this guy has wisdom. He's got this wisdom in his teaching. View number four, found in verse 20. The crowd answered him, you have a demon. This goes back to John chapter 5 and that sign that he did at the healing at the pool on the Sabbath. Jesus says, you guys are attempting to kill me. Who's trying to kill you? Right? But, but some in the crowd are saying, look, you, Jesus, you have a demon. That's our view of you. Number five. It's found in verse 31. Some people put their faith in Jesus and in His signs. Look at verse 31. Yet many of the people believed in Him. They said, when the Christ appears, will He do more signs than this man has done? It's like that crowd was saying, no, we will. We're putting our faith. Will, 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 will the Messiah do more than this? 
No, we, we believe. We believe. That was their response. The sixth response is found in verse 40. Some say he is a prophet. This is the prophet. This is the prophet like Elijah. This is the, the forerunner. Some say he's a prophet. View number seven is found in verse 41. Some say this is the Christ. Others said this is the Christ. So there's this debate. Who is Jesus? And you have all the, oh, he's good, he's a trickster, he's got wisdom, he's a great teacher, he's demon-possessed. Oh, he's got, he really is the Messiah because of his miracle. Oh, he is the prophet. No, he is the, he is the Christ. I want you to see the debate over just who is Jesus. But the second debate is one that's key for this morning. It's the debate over this where Jesus was from. Number two, the debate over where Jesus was from. That's happening in this chapter. Where is Messiah from? Where is Christ from? And I want to give you the three views that we see in the text, and really the three views, I suppose, uh, of, of this situation. The views about Messiah. Number one is the unscriptural legend. It is an unscriptural, <clears throat> that's hard to say, unscriptural le uh, legend of that day, and you see it in verse 27. But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ, the Messiah, appears, here's the modern-day legend. It's non-scriptural, but this is what they believed. It was a popular opinion of this time. That when the Christ appears, no one will know where He comes from. That's view number one. The unscriptural legend believed this, that when Messiah would come, He would just come on the scene, like down from heaven and just boom. There was an old le uh, saying, a, a legend, and I think it was actually written down in uh, the book of Sanhedrin. Uh, it was uh, some writings that they had, and the, the quote goes something like this. There are three things that will come unexpectedly. The Messiah, or, or that do come unexpectedly. The Messiah, a godsend, and a scorpion. And uh, that was just like their little legend and their little saying of saying that when, when Christ comes, He's just going to appear. Nobody's going to know where He comes from. That's what they say. So they're, they're going, this is the debate. Where's Jesus from? But we know where he's from. And we know the legend says that he's just going to come on the scene unexpectedly, but we know he's a Galilean. So their view of the Messiah, right, is, hey, uh, that's, that doesn't line up. So now all of a sudden there's this debate that he would come unexpectedly and mysteriously. View number two, which is a good one, is the scriptural prophecy. Right? This is the scriptural prophecy, and you see that view down in verse 42. Now, some of them get it. See, in verse 42, look what they say. This is their view. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So some hold to the scriptural view. It's based on Micah's prophecy in Micah chapter 5. And they go, hey, wait a minute. He's from Galilee. Does not the scriptural prophecy tell us that the Messiah will come from Bethlehem? They just didn't know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, right? He's of Nazareth. So they're thinking our view is he's got to be from Bethlehem. Well, he's from Galilee, and so this doesn't line up with us, right? But, but what's the, the third view in Scripture is this. I want you to see the sure reality, right? The sure reality is that Jesus was from Bethlehem, that Jesus was from Egypt, that Jesus was from Judah and that tribe, that Jesus was from Nazareth. 
Read, read Matthew, right? To fulfill all those things. That's where Jesus is from, to fulfill those prophecies. Yes, He's from Bethlehem. Yes, He was in Egypt for a time. Yes, He's from the tribe of, of Judah. Yes, He would be raised a, a Nazarene and from Nazareth. The sure reality is, yes, this Jesus is, is from all those places. He has fulfilled Scripture. So there's this debate over where Jesus is from. So in summary, we could say this. In summary, what we see happening in these two debates is this, that the people question Jesus' authority and they question Jesus' identity. They questioned His authority. Why can He do and say these things? His authority is being questioned. Where is He from and just who is He? And they're questioning His identity. His brothers are, his, right? The Jews are. I mean, everybody in this passage is just like, what is His authority to do this and to say this? And, and what's His true identity? And who is He really? And where is He from? There are still those debates today in hearts, in minds. Who's the real Christ? Who is the real Jesus? Well, you ain't going to find it on the History Channel or Discovery Channel. You need to turn that junk off. The only place to learn of the real Christ is the Word of God. Amen? This is where you learn of the real Christ. right? In college, you, you, some of you better watch that. I'm pretty disappointed in some of our area colleges around here that claim Christ. Man, I, but this is where we learn about the real Jesus, not from some professor, or not from some show. Or, right? he, this tells us everything that we need to know, the, the Word of God. Well, we're told in the middle of the festival that Jesus goes to the temple. And there at the temple, Jesus speaks to the debate. And He solves the two issues about who He was and where He was from. So I want you to see point number three, the declaration of Jesus. The declaration of Jesus is this. Jesus claims to be the sent Son. The declaration of Jesus as the sent Son. Look at the claim of Christ. I was sent. Look at verse 16. That's why I chose this passage. I could choose a lot of different chapters in John, but this is the one that was on my heart. Look at John 7, 16. Jesus answered them, My teaching is not mine, but His who sent me. He claims to be the sent Son. Jump down to verse 28 and 29. Jesus proclaimed as He taught in the temple, You know me. You know where I come from. <laughs> but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true, and Him you do not know. I know Him. For, I love this, I come from Him. Jesus claims this is who I am, where I'm from. I have come from Him, and He sent me. Jesus claims to be the sent Son, sent from the Father, sent from heaven above. I love the sent theme in John's Gospel. I love it. I encourage you, make that a Bible study. I mean, do the seven signs in John. Do the, all the I am statements in John. But then do, do a little study on that word, sent. The Son knew He was sent by the Father on a salvation mission. That is what I see. He knew without a shadow of a doubt, I am sent from heaven, sent from the Father on a rescue mission to save the world. Let me take you on a journey, and it is not complete, but it is a summary of all, some of some, not of all, of some of the sent passages in the Gospel of John. Listen to the words of Jesus and worship. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I can do nothing of my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has Himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have His word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom He has sent. This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He has sent. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I, it's not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but He who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from Him. And He who sent me is with me, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but He sent me. Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in Him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees Him who sent me. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Isn't that amazing and beautiful? Have you ever noticed that in your reading of the Gospel of John? That emphasis on, He sent me, He sent me, I am a sent Son, I am sent by the Father, I am sent to save. This is His claim, this is His declaration. In claiming to be sent, three things. Jesus declared to be authorized by the Father, didn't He? Did you not hear that? Secondly, in claiming to be sent, Jesus declared to be empowered by the Father. I'm authorized by the Father. I'm empowered by the Father. And in doing this, thirdly, Jesus claimed and declared to be divine. Authorized, empowered. He is divine. He is the sent Son. He's from heaven. He's from the Father. So in John's Gospel, one of the things that, that we notice as we near the end of the Gospel of John, we, we begin to learn that there are three main things that we should probably note. Number one, Jesus was sent. Number two, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And then number three, Jesus sends Christians. Jesus is sent. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus sends us. He sends missionaries. He sends us into all the world with the gospel. Just listen to John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22 for another sending. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Why was He sent? Why are we sent? The rescue mission of God. 
the salvation of God, the salvation of the world. It's why the sent Son came, but it's also why we're sent. It's why we're to go. It's why we give to international missions because there is a rescue mission. There is a salvation plan. It is the gospel of of God. It's the good news about Jesus. We know who He is. We know where He's from. Not just the little town of Bethlehem, right? So much more. We know His claims. We know His authority. We know His power. All are sent in order that people can believe and be saved. We could throw in another D, don't write this, it's not in the outline, but, but Jesus even gives us the destination <laughs> that He's going to have, the destination of Jesus uh, in, in John chapter 7. Look at verse 33 and 34. Jesus said to them, I'll be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to Him who sent me. You'll seek me, you'll not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. They said, what, is he going to go into the dispersion? He's going to go to Gentiles? Well, yes, in a way, <laughs> through us and through Acts and through the missionaries. Yeah, Jesus will find, the Messiah will find his way, right, into every tongue and tribe and people group, that, right? That's his destination. But, but the destination question, I, I love this, where is Jesus from? Well, that begs the next question, where is he going? If he's from heaven, where is he going? You say, yeah, I'm going. If I was sent, guess what? I'll return. And he does return couple of debates, a declaration. Now here's the fourth point that you can write down is the decision about Jesus. The debate about Jesus forced a decision. And really the decision forces a division, doesn't it? Because there's always going to be this division over do we believe Christ and, and the people have to decide something, right? The decision about Jesus has to be made. And all these people, they're, 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 they're pr- trying to process, with, but where's he from? But we know, but is he this? And could he, could he be this? And some people are saying yes. And so there's always going to be this division about what people believe about Jesus and just where he is, he is from. But we've seen. John's Gospel, I show, he is from the Father. He is from heaven above. He is the sent one. It's what Christmas is all about. The decision about Jesus has to be made. Jesus has declared His identity. Jesus has declared in the, in the gospel sin and salvation. He said, I'm preaching it. That's why you are, you're even after me, because I preach that this world is evil, because I'm t- not afraid to talk about sin, and I've, and I've talked about salvation and the plan, and now you have to make a decision. What will you do with me? What will you do with Jesus of Nazareth, of Galilee, of Bethlehem, Jesus of heaven, Christ the Messiah? What will you do? What have you decided about Jesus? What have you decided about Jesus? I'm going to invite you to bow your head and to close your eyes as we begin to pray. And I'm going to invite the music to begin to softly play over us. And for us to decide today, even this Christmas, who is Jesus? Is He, is he just the babe in a manger? Is He just someone that I honor in, in my words on Sunday or prayers? If I really believe who I claim Him to be or who He claims to be. Who is Jesus in my life? And is He Savior? Yeah, okay. Is He Lord? Is he, is he Master? What have you decided about Jesus? If you're listening or watching today, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is Jesus the sent Son? If so, this changes how we spend everything in our lives. If He is the sent Son, it changes how we spend everything in our life. It changes how we spend our money. It changes how we spend our time. 
It changes how we spend our dash, how we spend our lives, how we spend our moment. It, it changes how we spend our free time, how we spend the, the way we use our devices and screens. And if He is the sent Son, this changes everything. The decision today is maybe twofold. Number one, I invite you to make this decision to be saved. To say, I believe that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Number one, the text is begging us as He was begging the people of that day, be saved. Put your faith and hope in the rescue mission of God. Know who Jesus is and know where He's from and know what He's done. Know what He said. Number one, be saved. I invite you to the gospel today. Repent and believe it. Put your faith in Jesus. The second thing is to be sent. Because as farther and farther along that we go in the gospel of John, we begin to see that if He was sent, and if He returned, if His destination is at the right hand of God, if He has sent the Holy Spirit, and if He sent us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. If he sent, so I'm sending you. We have to realize that we're sent. Where's God sending you this season? Where's He, where's he sent you already? Your, your work, you will witness to people and be a witness that I could never reach, that I could never be. You, be sent on your job. Be sent. Go in His name and with His peace. and Be sent to carry that message that there's a sent one that, come, that has come. His name is Jesus. To be sent, to be sent as a, right, a, a student to your college. To be sent into Adairsville High School or middle school. To realize that the sent son, he came so that, that you could be sent and you could be a part of that rescue mission and so to, to be obedient, to spend your lives. I, we need more preachers to be spent and sent <laughs> and say, I'll, I'll, whatever, Lord, I serve in the church. I'll be sent to work in nursery. I'll be sent to work with children. I'll be sent to, to carry this message about Jesus from Bethlehem, from Galilee, from heaven above. For God so loved the world that He gave, right? To this world, to us, this great gift of salvation. So we have to make a decision about Jesus. And I invite you to pray about that today. If He's the sent Son, that, that you would let that move you. Because we see in the text, and we see this in the Bible, that our decision forces our duty. Your decision today forces a duty. Now I, now I, I have a duty. Now I have a calling. And I invite you to step up to that duty. To do it to the best of your ability with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Heavenly Father, as we respond to you now, we thank you that Messiah is from heaven. Sent for our salvation for the world. Father, thank you that Christ has reached into the uttermost parts of the world with the gospel. And, and Lord, we want to spend our lives, Lord, honoring you and honoring uh, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so God, help us to be faithful to our calling, to our duty. Lord, thank you for, for Christ. And Lord, today we just pray and, and do business with you, Lord. Maybe it's something totally different, but Lord, you know our hearts and you know what what you're moving and what you're doing. And so I pray for our congregation now that, that you would hear our prayers that we offer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. 
For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.